First podcast of the new year, Tyler. This is the first podcast of the new year. Yeah. So uh, I'm glad we can do it in person. It's yeah, nice. I'm yeah. stoked. Thanks for having me. Yeah, this is John Show. I get some background. Um, I just started recently working with you and Anya on some shoots. And uh, yeah, I've done it all for them. I've chopped a million <laughs> carrots. I've separated cinnamon sticks. It's going to sound like he's making stuff up here. But, <laughs> but it's pretty true. But we've yeah. had some weird photo shoots lately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's been some really, yeah, I'm not, I'm pretty new to the world they're involved in. And um, yeah, I'm super stoked to just see what goes on behind the scenes of like, you know, ad campaigns or whatnot. Even like this podcast, like the amount of work that goes behind the scenes is kind of mind-blowing you take it for granted it, yeah it took us so long to set up today yeah. but um yeah. the, the so those are the things you've been helping us with but yeah. in your own life you are yeah. also a dj yeah. and music producer yeah and on this show i try to make it about what I, you know what i call a full stack creator where you are able to do all sorts of different creative pursuits and, yeah. and take it on for yourself so you know yeah, uh, yeah. obviously music is part of that and um, so yeah, we're going to touch on some, some of that. Sweet. We're, we're going to talk about some news a little bit, which usually I never talk about on the show, but it's, I don't know. There's so much news out there's there. There's stuff though. going on. Look what happened this week. And then we'll hit up the yeah. Canon R5C at the end, which I know you will have no opinions about, <laughs> but that'll give me a chance to just, uh, I have a strong opinion about the I'll, Canon. <laughs> I'll talk for a while and you can just insert jokes when, yeah, you, when you're yeah, ready. For sure. For sure. Um, but, uh, yeah. Okay. Going back to music. Yeah. Um, so you, your, your kind of career is like mostly, mostly live yeah. has traditionally been your pursuit and obviously the last two years yeah. is shifted that a little so you've yeah. kind of leaned more into the music production yeah, yeah. production side yeah. lately so i guess for context first like give us an idea of what that looks like what like what, what do you actually do when you're producing music yeah i mean i've been deeply embedded in music for most of my life you know like i mean obviously i love music uh i started off djing um and then i guess through a natural extension of just like playing so much of other people's music you know how could you not want to just try to make your own music? And for me, I mean, rap and hip hop is like always been my love, which is kind of weird because when I first started DJing, I never thought like I would be into that type of music. Mm-hmm. I was like skateboarding. I was super into punk. Well, yeah. Whenever we're talking about music, I just still try to get you to talk about punk the whole time. Yeah, yeah. I'm like I don't, I don't, I, don't, I, love I don't know what's yeah, happening yeah, in yeah. hip hop. So let's talk yeah. about nineties. <laughs> yeah, you know, like uh, you know, there was a time when like I never thought I would grow out of like listening to like No Effects or some of us don't yeah yeah you know you know some people are still like listening to that type of music you know and like for me yeah there was a time when like you know my friends played in punk bands you know i was like i remember just even to this day going to like local record stores like melodia records they were super into the punk scene and like seeing all these like local bands putting out like seven inches and whatnot it just like intrigued me and also was like oh wow you 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 can make your own record. Also, yeah. you've seen both sides of the real life instrumentation of music. Yeah. And now the way you work is like entirely digital. We were talking yeah. about this the other day and you're yeah. saying you do you do everything on your keyboard. You yeah. don't have or like yeah. by keyboard I mean non-musical keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, uh, uh, literally uh, like you could just like I mean uh, admittedly so like I mm-hmm. mean I could just sit in front of the TV with my MacBook and just yeah. make songs you know yeah. which is like a testament to how far technology has come think about back in the day when it's like you had to go to a studio to, to record anything and if you were going to record it yourself the, the budget you needed was probably astronomical yeah. you know you had to buy your own mics you had to buy the mixing board and the quality still wouldn't be great yeah. anyway because it's going into a quarter inch task camera recorder. yeah you're <laughs> yeah. recording in your parents garage yeah. you know with like a bed mattress probably to try to kill like some of the sound 
But I mean, it's come so far today that even somebody like me, who's not uh, traditionally trained as a musician, uh, the programs are like, you know, pretty much foolproof as soon as you know how to use them. You know, yeah. like I use Ableton and, and um, yeah, I would say like the learning curve for some of these programs is a little daunting at first. Well, it, this is totally what I want to talk about because yeah. like I, I am that musical hobbyist that never really got good at any instrument, yeah. dabbled in a bunch of them. Yeah tried making beats and fruity loops <laughs> yeah, like yeah. forever ago. Yeah. Um, and still at this point, I would love to be able to be creating some of the music for, you know, this show yeah. or for YouTube yeah. uh, videos or whatever. Like, I, yeah. and I know that it's become a lot more accessible. So that's a, a little bit the angle that I want to talk about it from yeah. is like people that aren't necessarily going to do a full dive into music. Like how can we dip a toe in without you know, taking on all of the technical challenges, yeah. still be able to kind of create something like where, where's a good place to start? A good, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll just say yeah. first, I've tried Ableton and it yeah. is impenetrable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Even as somebody that yeah. kind of understands music, yeah. it's very challenging at the start. Yeah. Ableton is, is, is to, I, I think it's not like these programs aren't very like intuitive when you open it up, you're presented with like a lot of options, like a lot of information at first. And you're like, kind of like, where do I start? You know, and how I started First, I want to give a shout out to people who create these tutorials on, say, like YouTube or Instagram, who do it for free. Right. You know? And that's basically where I've learned a majority of my production techniques is just watching, like combing through YouTube. Once in a while, you'll run into a channel or a content creator who just clicks with you, you know, whether it be like the way he's teaching you, you know, or his humor or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it really clicked in. I can't remember his name. I remember it was like during the initial phase of COVID. Lo-fi music was like huge. You know, you go on your YouTube recommendations and it was like lo-fi music to study to. Right, right. Lo-fi music to cook a hot dog to, you know? (laughs) So, uh, you know, it was all a rage, you know? You look at these channels and it's like, wow, this guy's just making a four-hour playlist and it has like 15 billion views, you Mm -hmm. know? So um, I just Googled, or I guess in YouTube, searched for how to make lo-fi beats. And um, this guy came up and it was like, it was like, you know, less than 10 minute video. So I was like, okay, this is good. Because past a certain amount of time, like a time mark, you're like, this is going to be intense. You know, when you see, it's daunting when you're trying to learn something and it's like a 30 minute tutorial. Yeah. I'm always trying to strike that balance (laughs) making my tutorials where I'm like, you know, if you can't win either way as a tutorial maker, you'll end up getting comments when it's 10 minutes long. They're like, that was way too fast. Yeah, you didn't cover nearly enough. Yeah. Like, I have no idea what's, I still don't know what's going on yeah, here. Yeah. And then, yeah, you make a half hour video and they're like, oh my God, I don't have half an hour to learn how to <laughs> yeah, use this. Yeah. So. It's like an Instagram caption, you know? People are like, I'm not reading that. Yeah, yeah. You know? you're a little doomed either way. Yeah. But, um, you know, it, yeah. So the, I, I find there's value in both of them. And now actually the, the, the market for learning has expanded because there is great stuff on like TikTok and Instagram. Yeah. One minute tutorials where you can really learn something. Like you can actually yeah. pick up a new skill in yeah. just like a minute or two. Yeah. Um, the, the, the guy who I still love for all this stuff is Andrew Wang, who mm-hmm. does both YouTube and Instagram really well. And I'm just like, I'm constantly blown away by, by yeah. that blend of like entertainment and yeah. production. So, okay. Obviously, we all know YouTube's a great place yeah. to learn, but what, what should we be learning? So a, a lot of people listening probably already have GarageBand yeah. installed. Yeah. I've worked with GarageBand. I've used it for both like messing around with a few yeah. songs and also uh, podcasts. Yeah. And I know some of the limitations, but like who is GarageBand? Like, I don't know. 
I mean, there's always been a debate about like this program is better than this one or like this guy uses this one or like, you know, like Fruity Loops has always been kind of like, oh, that's like the, you know, when it came out in the market, I'm sure people were like Ableton and Logic are the more superior sound sure. engines. I, mean, I, I remember yeah. Fruity Loops. Okay. What year? I would have been in grade nine, yeah. 10 maybe. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, finding free versions of Fruity Loops. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I just, it seemed more like a game, like a video game to yeah. me. It was like the super like colorful interface and it made it feel really friendly. And I'm like, yeah. this can't be real music production. Cause it's like, it's really approachable, yeah. but you could actually make things that came out like a song. Yeah. yeah. And I didn't even realize till, till pretty recently, I'm like, <laughs> Oh, it's still around and yeah. it's real software. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Programs like Fruity Loops and even Ableton and whatnot, if you know the program, making a song is almost as simple as just drawing in the notes mm-hmm. and just having a good ear for what's going on, you know. For me, you know, when I first was using Ableton, Ableton was known for its, like, time-stretching capability. So, like, you could take, like, a acapella that was, like, a different BPM than a song mm-hmm. and you could, like, mash them up. And um, the engine was good enough that there would be no artifacts if you slowed down or sped up the acapella or like the beat. So, I mean, that's how initially I first got it. All the, like even guys like Diplo and stuff, you know, they all started out on the message board. Music was like at a different time, you know, it was not at the Spotify streaming time. It was still pretty like limited to message boards and whatnot. You had to actually like dig on the internet to find these guys. For sure. And a lot of them did start their career making like these like, I don't want to say god awful, but like you sure. know, they're pretty like. I remember, yeah. I, I remember a trend of uh, like Fruity Loops boards about making like happy hardcore songs. Yeah. which I don't know. There's just like these. There's so many niches of EDM. Yeah, and it's basically people yeah. that just like get super into a software program. They're like, wow, I can make anything I yeah, want. And, yeah, you know, yeah, which yeah. is awesome. I, yeah, I, I love that attitude. Yeah, um, to see just dudes in like message boards, you know, just you don't know making like really great songs. Mm-hmm. I mean, that just brought me back to like the punk rock days where guys would just do everything out of their garage. Everything was DIY, you know, you would hear some guy from Calgary, you know, make a great song that I'm always like, if you close your eyes and suspended your disbelief, you wouldn't think that it was made from Calgary. No one told you, you would be like, wow, this guy's like, who is this dude? You know? And he'd be like, he could live down the block from you and you Mm -hmm. wouldn't even know, you know? So, you know, that like really like intrigued me into right. like wanting to learn how to use it. Well, and, well, and we really are at that point. That there have been so many massive success stories of people yeah. that really are using the same, the same software <laughs> we have access to, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Um, and, uh, other really ex- interesting examples when I see people do you, how often people are using phone recordings. Like they just pull out their iPhone, mm-hmm. open up the, mem- the voice mental app, hit record and turn that into a sample is like completely a reasonable thing to do at this point. Like yeah. you can just collect sounds from around you and, and yeah. assemble it into something bigger. Yeah. Which, well, yeah, yeah. By, by you, I mean, not me, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, one e- could. Yeah, even recently, um, you know, this rapper used one of the beats that I made and, uh, the guitar sample was made by my friend, Josh Merson, who literally phoned it in. Uh, there was a period, it was, it was actually pretty funny. We met on Instagram mm-hmm. And I thought we had mutual friends, you know, so I messaged him and I was like, oh, did you play the guitar on like this, you know, did you, have you played guitar for my friend? He's like, no, but I play guitar. (laughs) And, uh, you know, I was looking at his Instagram and I remember like in the car, just like browsing through the clips that he was posting. And I was like, you know, I could like make a beat out of like one of these clips. And then I got home and I literally just went like, you know, like Instagram to MP3, you know, some random converter. Sure, yeah. Or I, I might have just like screen recorded it on my iPhone and like sent it to myself. And like, 
Yeah, I mean, the sound quality is not impeccable. You know, it's not like they're... Run it through food filters. Yeah, and... but, you know, you can fluff it up enough to make it sound passable, you yeah, know? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that's how far we've come is the execution of ideas that you have, if you're good, you can, like, get them out really quick, you mm -hmm. know, which is great. Well, which is what I'd wish for. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, just think about how far we've come. I mean, like, let's say, like, in the Motown days, you needed, like, the session band to come right. in. You needed to get, make sure the drummer or the guitarist was, like... Which, which at the <laughs> same time, is still my, like, my old man complaint about modern music. It's yeah. like, I still love that yeah. era of like yeah. super skilled instrumentation that takes a lifetime yeah. of practice yeah. or takes years of practice. Yeah, we've, to really we've, we've talked about it before where like you listen to like older songs like that. Right. And, and for me as a, like, I mean, when I'm making like rap or whatnot, I'm usually just looking for a 16 or eight bar loop, you mm -hmm. know, and it's catchy, but you listen to music like back then, you know, say like Prince's, I want to be your lover where it starts off this like really great pop song and then turns into this crazy like guitar keyboard solo for like five minutes. Yeah. You know, you think about the astronomical amount of work you need to just do a solo. Sure. Yeah. 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 It's, not, it's not just the amount of takes that day, but the yeah. amount of practice leading up to it to be able to do it on yeah. only one yeah, day. I mean, that's like, I mean, I don't want to go into the debate of real musicianship, you know, like, but you think about like a guy like Prince mm -hmm. whose catalog is insane. You know, it's extensive. Every song he's putting out is like sonically different from the other, you know? And he's like playing it and whatnot. It's just like, yeah. I feel like there's analogies to be made here with photography as well. Like, I, I, you know, I've done a bunch of videos reviewing software that uses AI to do crazy whatever you want to your photos. You know, you're doing sky replacement mm -hmm. and relighting it after you've taken it. And like, there's so much yeah. insane manipulation you can do with an image easily now. Like, you could always do it with a lot of effort, but now it's yeah. become easy. And there becomes these arguments in the comments about like, well, is this real photography? <laughs> it's like, this was already resolved in music. Like it's not fake music because it's yeah. electronic. Yeah. Like people's experience of listening to it is exactly the same. Yeah. So uh, yeah. yeah. You open up this can of worms because it turns into a debate of like, you know, obviously like when you're making music, you want to take like pride in your craft, you know, and you also want it to sound good, but you also like as an artist, you kind of want this like, you want people to realize, like, say if you make a song from scratch, right? You use no samples. You play all the instruments yourself. You kind of want this recognition that, like, I did it. Mm -hmm. You know, this is all mine. But then you also have this other idea where people are like, I don't care how it's made. I, right. just, I just care about how it tastes yeah. or sounds. Yeah. You, know? you don't go to a restaurant and, like, stare yeah, intently to the kitchen. Can I see your oven? <laughs> yeah. You're like, how is this guy really making my spaghetti, you know? <laughs> yeah. is, you know, yeah. like, is he really using, like, San Marzano tomatoes that he's crushing with his hand, you mm -hmm. know? And, um, I mean, that's a big debate, you know, like, uh, in terms of, like, uh, like, creativity and, like, how you rank it, you know? Like, I, I remember when I was, when I f got comfortable with using... Ableton and making everything from scratch, you know, part of me was like frowning upon the other side of music production, which is, I mean, there's websites now that sell you the stems of songs, you know, yeah, you can, you can buy, which like, is, I, I think crazy. Like, yeah, it's, really, yeah. it's amazing. Yeah. You think browse about those it. Sites, you're like, you could go through a library and assemble yeah. your own. It's like a build a bear Lego store, but for music. Yeah. And, and, and it used to be, I mean, you'd be able to access some of that stuff through, let's say you buy Logic. Yeah. There's a certain amount of uh, preset loops that are included in with it. So yeah. it's like, oh, I got all these drum yeah, beats and been I there. got this yeah. horn section. Yeah. But there's a few dozen of them, yeah. you know, like a dozen for each instrument. Yeah. So anybody that's using 
presets that come from any big brand. It's like, well, everybody yeah. becomes completely familiar with what they sound like. But yeah. now with the online libraries of this, it it can feel completely original. Yeah. And from Sam, I, I think it was Vox did a, a little a dig into this. Yeah. But it, they were just showing how many big songs are using like this one oh, guitar yeah, loop yeah. from this stock yeah. music sample website. Yeah, yeah. And a great example is like, I mean, Rihanna's Umbrella. When I first oh. heard the drum break, I was like, "What is this? You know, yeah. this is great. Uh, you know, it's like organic." I love the I love those yeah. drums. It's a, it's an iconic like, drum break, yeah, but it's so good. I also remember the first time I bought my MacBook, there was like an iTunes. Uh, I think it was associated with GarageBand, but mm-hmm. like there was. I found the drum break on one of the presets. No. You know, <laughs> I was just like, what? This, this freaking song is like, you know, I right. was like, I was, I, was, I was blown away. But yeah. you hear other similar stories. Like there used to be this group called Swedish House Mafia. Yeah, yeah. And they've made some anthems. And I believe like some of them have used like, you know, just like a stock synth, you know, mm-hmm. which again, you have these, you you have these people who are like, slave away you know try to make like the most catchiest synth you know and then you have another guy who's like download add to cart you know (laughs) add to cart put it in my ad in my in my you know my program that i'm using yeah add a beat to it it's like it well it's weird because we've also there's been a shift from the moment that this was this was happening but it was all stolen for a while with like amazing albums like you know pc boys and i mean dj shadow back in the day like i think yeah. Whatever the name of the album was, like the first. Introducing. Yeah, introducing yeah. was like the first fully sample built yeah. album, as far as I understand. But yeah. like he was just pulling stuff that he loved, yeah. and there wasn't all these copyright yeah. issues. So yeah. it's like, it's interesting because there was like a renaissance with it at one time, and now we've where it was all illegal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and now we switched to a new renaissance where it's all paid for. Yeah. Which you you look at the work that Shadow was doing back in the day, and then compare that to when Robin Thicke made Blurred Lines. And got sued out of existence by right. Marvin Gaye's, like, <laughs> but you know. Well, okay, well, yeah. what was the story with that? What was the sample from Marvin Gaye? Uh, was I think it sampled or was it just too it close? It was the inter- interpretation, I think, mm. was too close to God to give it up. Okay. Which is hilarious because, I mean, when you dabble into making music, you realize, I mean, there's a million websites that'll explain it to you, but there's like formulas within pop music or certain types of music, right? No. Yeah, like, you know, you're, you're <laughs> when you're making music, you're not reinventing the wheel. Mm-hmm. Like, you are choosing probably a pattern that has already been harmonically chosen before. I mean, humans have been making music for how long we've, I don't want to say we've exhausted the amount of like, you know, like patterns for a certain type of music, but I mean, there's only so much I think that sonically sounds good to a majority of people. Like, unless you're like, uh, like, unless you're like an Aphex twin, (laughs) you know, who is a genius. And, 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 you know, generally if you're just sitting down like me and maybe I'm a, minority in this whole debate you know <laughs> sitting down watching like try to get through the new star wars making songs uh yeah there's there's only a finite amount of combinations you can use so i always found it really interesting i listened to a uh lecture series about music history and yeah. that there was a moment when some philosopher did the math and was like there are this many tens of thousands possible songs that can be written yeah and like it was basically just like <laughs> if you if you look at how many notes are available in any yeah. sequence that they could be put in, there is a hard limit, and we're going to run out of we're going to run out of yeah. songs. Yeah. And I guess there was basically the revolution was that at that point harmonies weren't developed in the same way, and like chord structure was different. Like basically, yeah. this was just like strictly just melodies. Yeah. Um, in certain t- and there was also wasn't as much like flexibility yeah, and type yeah. signatures. Yeah. So basically, there was there's been musical evolution since then. But I always think yeah. about that moment of like. 
if you're just sitting down with a blank slate, you're just looking at a clean piece of paper coming, trying to come up with music. It's like you are re- you're always really close to yeah. many other things that have already been done. Yeah, yeah, like if yeah. you start humming, especially just a non-musical person out there listening right now, mm-hmm. try to invent a pop song in your head, just hum something that feels catchy yeah. and then try to reflect like how many other songs is that pretty close to? Yeah. Cause it's very difficult to just come up with a melody yeah. and keep it, it's distance yeah. from all the music you already love. Yeah. You know, the, the thing is you can still sit down. Like, I don't want to say like there's a finite amount of melodies or chord progressions you can use. Right. Like even to this day, I can sit down and you can always create something new. You can always sound new sounding. Even if you're trying to like completely rip off a different melody, it'll sometimes just come out in your own way, you know? Right. I mean, the Be- the Beatles' career was built on this. Like, <laughs> yeah. every- everything's a knockoff of something else. And Led Zeppelin. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. so much of music. And we, I mean, we talked about it before on a, on a shoot or whatnot one day, but it's even, like, down to the instrumentation that you use, mm-hmm. you know? You could take, like... Like, I think there's a YouTube video where uh, the guy plays, like, heavy metal melodies on just, like, an acoustic guitar, and they all come out sounding like Beach Boy, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, right, like, right. like so, like, even instrument instrumentation. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, don't, I definitely don't want to, like, say, like, there's, you know, like, you're in a box, and you have to work within the comp... Like, the, like, like the possibilities are, like, infinite almost, right. you know, if you actually, like, apply, you know, like, you, 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 t- you sit down and want to put in a work, but, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean... All right, well, I promise at some point I'm actually going to learn how to make music, and I'm going to sit down with you, and you're going to show me how to use it. I can show you. Okay. I, I think I'm pretty confident I, I could show you, <laughs> at least within the workings of Ableton, I could show you within 20 minutes something that would blow your mind, which it, actually blew my mind too. In less time that it takes us to have this conversation, I could have already learned <laughs> how to make you could have You could have been the next Beethoven, but right. your time has passed now. <laughs> that 20 minutes is done. I'm not teaching anymore. But uh, I think, yeah, back to um, learning and whatnot, this one YouTube channel, I'll never forget. So in Ableton, there's like this uh, one feature called the piano roll, and, mm-hmm. and, and Fruity Loops has it too. That's basically like where you just draw on the notes. And for me, like my musical background is like I played the drums when I was a kid. I went to drum lessons. But playing the drums is like, it's very like, there's no, you know, you're making a beat. You're not playing different notes, you know? Right. It's not a whole song. Yeah, it's not a whole song. And when you look at drum sheet music, it's not like five notes that, you know, like. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It makes makes sense to me. But when I look at piano sheet music and see like four notes stacked on top of each other and they're not in the scale, you know, yeah. they're above and you're like, what note is that? You know, like how, what? Yeah. And then you look at the keyboard, it's like, it, it, it's, it's pretty daunting, you know, cause you're going from something that's kind of like mono to mm-hmm. like polyphonic voices, yes. you know, like more than five voices. And you're just like, what? it's, it's, it's almost hard to wrap your head around, especially when you like go to drum lessons and you're just used to reading like drum sheet music. Mm-hmm. So for me, the daunting thing about making music was just like, well, I can make a beat, you know, right. I can put like a kick drum and a high, I can, that, that's a, like no problem, you know? Yeah. But how do I create like a melody or a chord progression? Yeah. When does it become a song? Yeah. Yeah. And you know, that's like a daunting task. And this one tutorial was simply like, you know, like this guy was like, here's how to use like the piano roll to its full potential. And he basically shows this like shortcut on how to make any, you know, scale, you know, like any, like an A major or whatnot or a minor or major scale how to do it and um yeah the program basically i don't want to say like it does it for you but it like but it kind of does it for you yeah it simplifies it so you almost like cannot make a mistake and then 
from that you can just use your ears to like find the you know the the most pleasing like progression you want or whatnot simple simple tricks like that though like yeah it makes you realize like the power of the program but also the simplicity of like it's like oh i only had to do that yeah and then because i think for one thing when you create is like sometimes you get racked up so much in the technique you know you're so much like how do like you're trying to figure out the program when mm-hmm. it's like then you don't then you lose sight of like the idea yeah. that you want to create right i've been there for sure yeah yeah and um yeah it takes a long time to reach a balance between say for ableton learning the program and then finally becoming comfortable with it where you're like now i can like do the work on yeah. it you know well in yeah. that that even comes to playing instruments too i mean like i said i've tried to dabble with a lot of instruments that i haven't got good at yeah and the thing i love about drums going back to that is that it's it's the one where i feel like you can just build this momentum cuz even if you're not very good at it my ideas for what i want to play next can move faster than my ability yeah to play it whereas i find on on other instruments that's you have to become very proficient at it before you can even imagine yeah. what you're going to play next like you have to know that all these chords <laughs> yeah, exist yeah, yeah. before you think about playing yeah. them on a guitar or a piano i mean the perfect example is like go to long and mcquade or yeah. a music store and there's a drum set and there's a keyboard I'm pretty sure you could just sit on the drum set and be like, <laughs> "Yeah, something's <laughs> gonna come out of it." Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you can't like if you're not trained to the piano. Yeah. It's not like you go to the piano and just start like ripping it up, like yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, like totally. Will Richards. So, yeah, definitely drums. Um, I don't want to say has an easier easier entry barrier, but it's a little less daunting, you know. I mean, a drum set is a kick drum. The bass, you know, the bass one would be you, a kick drum. You can, always, you can always play a White Stripe song. Yeah, you could take a pair of chopsticks yeah. and, and, and bang something out, you know, <laughs> where it's like sitting in front of like a, you know, 70, you know, like a keyboard and be like, uh, yeah, where do I start, us, yeah. you know? Like, to yeah. stay on the white keys. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Nice. Yeah. So what do you think about <laughs> Activision being acquired by Microsoft? Oh, man. I actually and, never talked about And Bungie that. being acquired by Des or Bungie being acquired by Sony. Yeah, yeah. Okay, actually, no, it's, it's, so what are the implications of that? that. That's, actually, that's actually all crazy. Let's just yeah. do that two seconds. So we, another thing we talk about offline all the time is games. Yeah. Uh, how much do you care about both of those specific act, uh, acquisitions? I don't care one bit. Okay. Which is weird because I mean I used to play Destiny a lot. Yeah. And um, Destiny one. Destiny one or Destiny two. Both. Yeah. And it was definitely like, um, first and foremost, I'm like a single player PVE gamer. Mm -hmm. That's what interests me the most. Um, And Destiny 2, the microtransactions, you know, like never really bugged me. Yeah. But it was just like... I heard people complain. Yeah. I mean, obviously, like, yeah, like you're playing this game and they put the best content behind a paywall. Yeah. I mean, I could see, you know, it's reasonable to be infuriated by that. But But for me, it's like when your friends stop playing it, and a lot of the activities in the game require, you know, cooperation of groups of groups of players. Right. I don't love the game enough to go on a a message board and beg people to be like, please do this <laughs> event with me, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, and then like even that opens up another I've, can of worms. I've never you know? been interested in any games that are like really designed around raids and yeah, stuff. I mean, yeah. Just, so like, I have no interest in it. To but me that's that, just me. I mean, it's yeah. also that doesn't really say anything about the acquisition being yeah. good or bad, though. I mean, that yeah. just is why we don't pl- play these games. Yeah. That, but that's maybe a lot of the, the reason I haven't really had much of a take on it is because they happen to, both these huge studios are mostly making games I don't play. Yeah. Like even Activision, I was like, 
Yeah. I'm, I'm like, oh no, Activision. I'm like they're they're huge. Okay, yeah. let me look at all the games yeah. they made. I'm like, oh, I actually don't play but, very many of these. Yeah, and this is also speaking as yeah. a, like place. You only have PlayStation. You yeah. have no Xbox. Same here. I don't have an Xbox right now, so I would be missing out. Yeah, but the 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 ones that are weirdest to me are like Crash Bandicoot. That's super strange <laughs> yeah. to be an Xbox title and. Yeah. Uh, Tony Hawk. Yeah. Tony Hawk 1 2 was like yeah. my favorite game last year. Yeah. So, uh, no. Like, maybe you have more insight, but is it good? I'm speaking from a completely layman's level, but is it good for these companies to have an overarching? Like, is it good for Bungie to have Sony standing over their shoulders now being like, mm, I don't know? There, there's like, like does it work like that? There's something <laughs> kind of exciting about it in a nostalgic way, thinking about like console wars of the 90s. Like, yeah. when we grew up playing Sega and Nintendo, mm-hmm. there's something exciting about there being differentiation yeah about like there is a reason to choose one or the other yeah and you know i think in the ps3 ps4 most of ps3 days there's really this like i had both an xbox and ps3 and i didn't have any reason to really go to work there's only a few exclusives most games i was playing were on yeah. both of them and i was like i don't really like it just totally doesn't matter yeah so maybe that's positive that's like yeah. kind of the pc universe doesn't matter what brand yeah. of pc you buy yeah. you can still play all these games but um, you know, it's something like kind of fun about like yeah this about ex- exclusives and stuff. Yeah, obviously, but, like I don't like the older times. It was like, do you remember like the bit wars between like Sega and Nintendo? Yeah, of course. Like dude, it was yeah, like we got six. I was living minutes. those. But it was like as a consumer, you kind of want it dumbed down. Like it's like it's very black and white. You mm-hmm. know, like Sega would be like, we have the only sixteen bit console. We have a CD that you can attach to your Genesis. Yep. that looks like a giant tumor you know yeah, yeah, <laughs> like yeah, yeah. You I, could, we have all these attachments i like, had one of those ones. Yeah, i had one that yeah. was like the sega cd yeah. in the front and it had the cartridge in yeah. the back so it was yeah. like very late generation yeah. so it was like the yeah. ultimate yeah. but it was like five years too late but, so. but it, it's funny because uh like the console wars it was that simple i mean the way they market it was that simple that you kind of knew the difference right you're like nintendo has mario sega has the hedgehog mm-hmm. you know uh, Nintendo, Super Nintendo is like 16 bit or whatnot. You know, you, they just, right. you know, but now it's like, what are the implications? Like, you know, it's like, well, Microsoft now has Activision, you know, Blizzard and Sony ironically has Bungie, which used to be Microsoft's like Halo used to be like the Sony killer, you know, and now it's like, but it's like, well, what does that really mean in yeah. terms of like, you know, people mention all oh, game service or live service or whatnot. But I'm like, to me, to, have you tried it? Have you like have you used the Xbox Game Pass for anything? No, like I have the Sony P like the Sony PlayStation Pass, which is well, pretty right. Yeah, 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 but it's not it's not as insane as what Xbox is planning. Like yeah. I I I, yeah. I tried it. I actually did it in a recent yeah. video to play a bit of Halo. Yeah, it's totally crazy. That you yeah. can just like launch Halo on your Mac in a browser. Oh wow! Yeah, it's like that. So you don't need the console. No, you don't need. Oh, the console. okay. Yeah, but it uh, that Wi-Fi playing on a virtual machine is. <laughs> Not, I mean, so yeah. it, it actually works great in my video. A little update for anybody yeah. that watched that video. Um, I was plugged into Ethernet, worked awesome. I've tried it a few times since then on Wi-Fi, and like, it's not good enough. It's yeah. not, it, the lag is just yeah. terrible. So, yeah, for me, I guess I, I I never played enough PvP games, especially online, to know the difference. And I never. It's will. like we had this conversation <laughs> yeah. where you're like, do you know the? Can you see the difference between like? No, no, no. This lag is like playing single player yeah. controller. <laughs> like you're a second behind oh, okay. turning, which would aiming. be inferior. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which would be completely inferior. You can't inferior really even play yeah. single player. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, not great. Yeah, but big topic that the show's usually yeah. really about is a new camera. Which uh, new camera? Yeah. Yeah. So you're gonna have to in- insert 
questions or jokes in between. All right, it, all right. I so can be the comic relief for the new canon. You saw you saw it briefly. You saw me yeah. holding it at one yeah. point. So the, I saw the video you posted on oh, Instagram, the preview. Great. Okay. So yeah. did you edit that? Was that yours or the camera? No, show? that was the camera store. So okay. yeah, this was a collaboration with the camera store yeah. TV. They uh, came. They brought the camera over, and we did a bunch of tests together, yeah. and we shot some sample. Marco shot some sample footage when yeah. we were skiing, and. Um, yeah, we just like wanted to know how it performs. Um, and they felt, and I feel too, that I'm the perfect use case for it because the cameras that we shoot all our jobs with are on either side of this yeah. exactly. So that's the C70 on the high end, yeah. which is like the compact, reasonably priced cinema camera. Yeah. Just below that is the R5, which is the, the it's actually kind of hard to describe, but right now it's sort of their flagship almost like it's got the the best sensor and it's what people use for photography has 8k raw video but it had overheating issues when it came out when it shot 8k raw Mm -hmm. (laughs) what what is what what what, what do you mean overheating issues how does that affect the camera so you could basically record for uh, okay i kind of forget the actual limits but like as you would record the amount of time left that you could record for would start ticking down okay as the camera got hotter, especially the sensor would get hotter ah. until eventually you'd see like, Oh, I can only, this next clip can only be five minutes long. Mm-hmm. Um, cause it's just too hot. Yeah. So that's improved a little bit with firmware updates, but it's still a real issue in a bunch of record modes. If anybody is using their R5, the ways that I've been getting around that is often using, if I'm doing something long format like this right now, mm. I'm using uh, crop mode. It doesn't overheat when it's in crop mode and you still have the high quality 4k. Mm-hmm. Um, or you can also use the not, uh, HQ mode won't overheat, or you just keep an eye on your camera and try not to let it overheat. It hasn't been a big put issue. Put an ice for me. pack on it. So the R5C has a big fan on the back of it, so this just ah. doesn't happen. There's no record limits, and it is really. So it was simple. It was as simple as putting a fan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it is. It's like a big PC <laughs> the fan. The designers were like, "It's overheating." <laughs> What shall we do? It's, well, this is a proven technology. It's, it's, it's on all the other cinema cameras. Like, okay. it's been so, around. So it's that simple. Yeah. And it's, it also doesn't, it didn't affect the weight of it. Like yeah. holding both cameras side by side. Yeah. I couldn't tell which was in which hand because the yeah. weight was virtually identical, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, quality is also very similar, but they, they did some, some crazy stuff. Like I never would have thought this was the solution, mm-hmm. but they basically put two operating systems on it. So when you go to photo mode, it's the same operating system that you're used to on the Canon R5. Mm-hmm. If you switch to video mode, you get the full interface of the C70, which is completely different, like mm-hmm. designed by a different team, does not, like you could mistake it for being a different company. I mean, uh, it looks very, very different. Yeah. But is uh, much more leans towards control, like your ability to control every detail of the setting. Mm. So it's, I mean, if you're mostly a video shooter and you're working with the R5 a lot, R5C, that interface is like, it's very helpful. Like you will absolutely appreciate it. So if anybody out there, I mean, my quick review at the start here is like, if you're you're an R5 shooter for the video reasons, Mm -hmm. then you're probably going to to want the R5C to get. Is this a professional only use camera? Would you ever just be like a pleb and be like, if you're a rich pleb? Yeah. Sure, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, I mean, it's like, it's totally, it's, it's the best, it's the, it's the best everybody camera if you have the money for it. Yeah. You know, the only reason not to get it is if it's, it could be too big for you. Yeah. That could be one. Um, or if it's just too expensive, which yeah. it's, you know, it's not so, certainly so, not cheap. So the features offered on it, how long have you waited for these features to like come? Well, for me, I was, I wasn't really cause I had such good f- like balance between the mm-hmm. C70 and the R5. They like kind of are only blending together together with that middle one. Yeah. So for our use case, 
th we won't get this camera. It doesn't really make sense for us. Yeah. Um, it removes the sensor stabilization, which um, is awesome on the R5. So when you're taking a photo, you can just have a rock steady shot. Even holding it with your hands, you're not going to get that motion blur mm -hmm. in a lot of situations you would otherwise. And in video, that means if you're like a vlogger, like you're just doing kind of run and gun, like just holding it, yeah. you can get much more steady shots mm. than, than without it. Yeah. Um, if you're a professional, like if you're doing all pro video stuff all the time though, that uh, image stabilization can cause problems. Okay. Great examples, if you mount it to a car, yeah. car vibrates at a really high frequency, yeah. and that just, that really damages any image uh, physical image stabilization. So yeah. like you, you've ridden motorcycles before, yeah. right? If you mount an iPhone to that, there is the same kind of sensor stabilizer in an iPhone mm -hmm. and you can completely fry it permanently uh, by mounting your phone to a motorcycle. Okay. Uh, which is super, like I wouldn't have worried about that. Yeah. But, like, but <laughs> yeah. if it's just, if it's connected one-to-one -one and getting yeah. the same like high frequency vibration, it'll just, it, it's kind of vibrating against a similar fre yeah. frequency to what the stabilizer is trying to mm. do. So if you do that with um, a R5, yeah. um, you're going to find there's a million, you're going to have a, yeah. you're going to have a million problems. So, so the, the, the features on this camera that are like new and improved, let's just say, do they ever become like a standard at some point? So yeah, this is interesting. I, I was asking Twitter about how much are people using 8K RAW, which is mm -hmm. like, that was the big flagship feature for the R5. Yeah. That's really what overheated a lot as well. And, mm -hmm. and now it's been improved on the R5C. They also have some new RAW codecs, so it can be slightly more compressed. I still think this feature is not being used a lot, mm -hmm. especially by the responses I got. I mean, only a few people responded. Yeah. And I think they're only using it in really specific situations. Mm -hmm. um, the biggest constraint is that Canon's implementation of RAW, the files are huge like really really big yeah. if you're shooting on a red or a black magic camera you have a lot more flexibility with your raw files so yeah. you could shoot raw and still make the files a manageable size mm. but as it stands you need multiple 512 gig cards to just to, to operate and which then, is why tyler is also buying me this r2d looking <laughs> card to manage these files in the future. Yeah, we're, yeah we definitely need, we need a, a, a camera cart. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be a project this year. But the, um, the yeah, so like think about, you know, think about your SSD cards, I mean, or drives. Like the biggest SSD that I'm usually editing on is only four, four terabytes. Yeah. And if you're shooting for an hour, you're going to go through, I guess, I, I guess I don't know for sure, but I think you would go through 512 gigs an hour. Wow. So you can only have a few hours of footage on the whole drive left with no room for cash or any other projects. So, so how many terabytes? I mean, so I mean, that'd be two, well, two for yeah. four hours, I guess. I don't know. Don't quote me on any of this yeah, math. Look yeah. up the, there's, people are going to make You want to hear some insane math? Stuff. Do you know that the computer that ran the Nostromo ship in the first Aliens? Okay. I think they. I think the memory of it. There's a screenshot. It's like 25 terabytes. It's like <laughs> it's like 10 terabytes, which people were like calculated today. You we're can, like that's you can reasonable. Read an AI on that. Yeah, think about that. That movie was made in what the right, 70s yeah. or 80s. It, it was the same time people were saying like nobody will need more than 512. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, yeah. So, and then yeah. people were like, that's actually logical. That's that a computer good would be like okay, that. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. yeah, but it's uh, unmanageable for regular video editing. So yeah. So anyway, I, I mean, I never think about the 8K features very often. They're just kind of out of reach for me. Um, and what application would you use in 8K for? It's when you want to like really punch in. So actually a good use case is, uh, it sounds stupid, but like a roll, like when you're just talking, like mm -hmm. when I do my YouTube videos and we're just talking to camera, 
we're usually recording that in 4K. Yeah. And then I publish the video in 4K. But mm -hmm. anytime that we zoom in, so that's a closer shot of my face. Yeah. Now we're like upsampling, and it is blurrier than it could be. Like you're okay. using, losing resolution. Interesting. So if you capture it at 8K, you could punch in a lot, maintain that sharpness, yeah. and you're just not throwing anything away. And it's a very, very sharp 8K. Like this is much, you, even at 4K, yeah. this camera is sharper than the C70, like noticeably sharper. The general population that's looking, will they know a difference between 4K and 8K? No, 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 no. for sure not. Like you, yeah. what, what, do you have a 4K TV? Like you, you're watch, are you watching 4K on a regular basis right now? Mm, probably not. Not even? Yeah. Okay, well, so yeah, no. I mean, like, <laughs> 4K has been a really slow to, to pick on pick yeah. up thing and like, yeah. uh, you know, well-captured well content. It, it actually, it, it really depends. So there's different purposes of, of creating something. Sometimes you want like precision and sharpness. Yeah. I actually think a good use case for that is usually YouTube. Yeah. Like when you watch a, a tutorial or a product review, yeah. you, you just want to see the product. Like yeah. I just want it. I want to know what it looks like. Yeah. You want accuracy. Yeah. You want, you don't, you're not looking for it to have a, a dream filter on it. Right. Yeah. Like, so, so there's sort of that like cinematic softer look. Yeah. Isn't so important. Yeah. Um, you want it to be super crisp. Whereas like in a movie, movies are actually much softer. Like yeah. they aren't, they aren't as sharp. The background is blurry or the person that's in focus is like <laughs> razor thin bit of yeah, focus. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's just, it's a really different look. So, yeah. It super depends on your use case. Yeah. I like to try to make our YouTube stuff still look cinematic. So yeah, it's just, but that's just like personal taste. Yeah, I never really want to watch a movie that's like super high up. You know, yeah, I don't want to see that person and have them look like real life. Yeah, I mean that's I why want the filter applied. That's why, that's why after the <laughs> Hobbit, everybody didn't start shooting in you know forty eight frames per second. Yeah, like, I, there's a, it's it's an acquired taste, and not many people have acquired it. So yeah, uh, yeah. Um, so I don't know what are the like detailed things about this. One thing to know if you're shooting video mode on this camera, the battery, it was like, it was really chewing through batteries much mm. worse than the R5. Kind of don't know why actually, mm. but, uh, you're going to need pickups from batteries and the R5 got worse than older cannons as well. Yeah. So there's been this sort of going downhill a little bit of, so the, what's the expected battery life of this thing? If I mean, you... it just depends what you're doing. I, yeah. I, I didn't like run the tests, but if you're, if you're shooting 8k, yeah. I mean, you need to like bring external power with you. You're yeah. going to, you're going to just yeah. crush any number of batteries you have in your pocket. But yeah. like, I don't know. I imagine for a normal day, you'd want like eight. Yeah. Like you'd really want a lot. It brings, but, but if you're just shooting it more normally, like a uh, 4k, mm -hmm. um, the, the way that I shoot on the R5, you know, three batteries is going to be like a yeah. co very comfortable for yeah. the day. So, so do you think the cameras come to a certain point where when, as like when you tested it out, Mm -hmm. Where you're like, there's a significant difference. Like, this is the one. So, no, I'm not that excited. I'm not, I'm not like super excited about this camera. It's like filled yeah. a niche for a bunch of Are you sure, you of sure people. You should be saying? Yeah, no. I'm not super excited. No, I mean, I'm like, I'm, 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 it's like, it's going to end up being more niche than I think a lot of people are, are thinking at first because, yeah. like, yeah. the image that comes out of it looks exactly the same as the camera that I have now that's yeah. a little bit cheaper. Yeah. Um, and I just don't have huge needs for those other yeah. features, but yeah. I know there are other people out there that would want it. Like if you're doing a multi-cam setup where you want all your cameras to match and be yeah. incredibly high quality, yeah. it's awesome for that. Like, yeah. you know, it's like a, the, a crazy streaming, yeah. 8k streaming setup or, yeah. uh, or just really good 4k. Yeah. Um, it's, it's also some of the best 4k I've seen anywhere. Like it's, if you just use the, and also there's no low quality 4k mode anymore yeah which there was on the r5 now it's just it's always at like the sharpest possible look so yeah it's like if you just turn it on and start shooting mm -hmm. it's always gonna look awesome like yeah. really really good 
I still wish Etsy luck too, but you don't know. Is the availability of this camera like? Can you just get it like at a Best Buy? I'm sure it's blasphemy. It's me <laughs> yeah, saying yeah, no, yeah, but yeah, I'm just yeah, saying sure, like it's sure. it's interesting to me that that yeah. that that these companies will make a specific product like this, yes. right? That obviously like cost time and investment, and is like when you explain this to me, I'm like this seems like a gamble right. for a company to make. It's so niche that it's like why would you, what like why don't you just make like 100 point and clicks? You know, like you're also like I mean, to me I'm like photography you're also competing with like a lot of people just use their iphone yeah you know or whatnot you totally know, like, i mean yeah that lower end market is just totally vanished yeah, but yeah. i'm always very surprised at just how many people are buying these cameras like yeah you know i put a when i put out a video about uh you know the c70 like camera cost no not ten thousand dollars forget how much cost uh yeah. with with all the kit stuff i got around it i, I spent about ten thousand canadian yeah but <laughs> super expensive camera yeah how many people out there are buying it? But then still like, you know, a hundred thousand people, people watch it. the video. Yeah. Like that many people are interested in this very expensive camera. So like, yeah, um, they're interested, but are they buying? I mean, it? it's funny because like, this is the whole thing I do. I talk about like high end gear and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I never have this knowledge. Of, like, how many of these get sold? Like, how many yeah. people around me are buying yeah. expensive cameras? But yeah, which is insane because like your perception of it is generally smaller than what you know. People are out there buying it. You yeah. know, there's like games that have been like crowdfunded for 10 million years and people are still sinking money into it even though it's not even in a beta right you know, they're like still like what day yeah, it's yeah, gonna yeah, be yeah, out sure. but like i've already invested ten thousand well, dollars i you promise know? you it's not it's, yeah. not, like <laughs> it's not like that it's but um product. yeah no so i'm not gonna pick one up i yeah. mean it's possible i won't even shoot one with one again because i only had this moment to, mm-hmm. to test it but uh i do love the r5 so i'm not that worried about so, it but the, the yeah. c70 is getting raw soon. So uh, people might've heard of that and that's going to be a big deal because that was a big difference. It was like the R5 is cheaper yeah. and can't sh- and can shoot raw, but then the C70 is more expensive and can't. There's always a bit of a like, you know, They're so like, now we'll they leave out this tiny feature. Now they both do it <laughs> yeah. and uh, yeah. I'm going to be even more in love with my C70 yeah. at that point. So at what point are you going to upgrade your cameras? Like what would it take for you to? Yeah. The, I mean, I've, ne- I've really never been this happy with the cameras we own right now. Yeah. Like th- they are just in such a good place, except that the C70 screen, have you seen how much it jiggles? Have yeah. you, have I showed you that? Like, it's just like almost broken. It's driving me crazy. <laughs> but is that their fault or your it fault? It is their fault. It is <laughs> everybody is experiencing this. Like yeah, everyone yeah. that owns it. So it's I've a got, known flaw. Yeah. It is yeah. a flaw. And Canon has never had an issue like this before. So, other than that, yeah, those two cameras together, I'm just over the moon about them. Like they're such a good combo. So okay, I've been, I've been super happy. With so them. they satisfy your needs for now. Totally, yeah, for now. I mean, I still want to, I still want a red, but yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah. Is there a general time period when you like upgrade cameras? Like, is it every couple? Of, is there like a pattern? Uh, when I can talk Anya into upgrading <laughs> cameras, <laughs> I'll talk to her. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'll, you, I'll you, tell her. You got a picture on this? Yeah, totally. But yeah. no, I mean, I'm I'm in no rush right now. I'm yeah, really happy with them. Yeah. So. Um, I don't know. That's all I had to talk about, John. Do you got anything else? Uh, I'm just happy to be here. Well, where's everybody going to find you on the internet? Uh, they can find me. So actually they can find me on Spotify. Um, Oh, bringing it back around. Yeah. Um, I have a couple songs released on there, just like production credits. Okay. Well, I'll link to them in the description. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I have another, um, I'm in this record label called hiked up with just some fellow Asians, like who we all banded together with our love of rap and we're releasing a couple songs. This year, we got one coming out on the 18th. Um, they can find my SoundCloud. It's just DJ Disoriental. I have like a couple mixes and some like older production stuff. Cool. 
I haven't really like uploaded like that much on it. The mixes are good though. So but your like... your Instagram stories are hilarious. So. Oh yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so my Instagram that's, that's your main profession is yeah, posting my, memes my Instagram. To... <laughs> well, I mean, I I suffer from the artist curse, which is whenever I would post like music videos or DJ videos, like no, you could put like hours into it, and you'd have. <laughs> If you're lucky, you'd have one person be like, that was awesome. Yeah. And you re- repost a meme that you stole off Yeah, I mean, <laughs> repost a meme off Twitter and people like, I would be, yeah, the, the whole whole place lights up. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the conundrum with in- Instagram right now. I'm, but I'm sure we'll get past it eventually. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully we get past that soon. All right. Can't wait till your new album, albums. Uh, yeah. Or albums yeah. comes out. Other than that, I mean, you can find me behind the scenes with, Here. with Marco. <laughs> Cutting plastic flowers and covered in coal, <laughs> <laughs> climbing trees to put lights up. Yeah, you can find me there. Sweet. Thanks.